0: John Gill and the Terrible Trumpet Judgments, written by Chipley McQueen Thornton. We all read Revelation and wonder, what exactly are the seven trumpet judgments? Hail, fire, scorched earth. Biblical scholars' opinions vary. Gill settles into a clear historicist view, meaning... He sees these judgments as having already occurred for a specific purpose, to destroy the Roman Empire, Rome pagan, as he calls it. The seven vile judgments will ruin the Roman religious system, Rome papal, as he calls it. See Gil's comments on Revelation 8, 6. Gill gets specific. The first trumpet occurs in 395 AD. The fifth trumpet occurs in 612 AD with the rise of Islam. We are still under the sixth trumpet judgment, he says. See Gill's comments on Revelation 7:7, 7, 8:13 7, and 11:15. Gill's historical framework of the trumpets. Fundamental to Gill's view is the split of the Roman Empire after Constantine's reign. Emperor Theodosius split the empire between his two sons, Acadius and Honorius, which resulted in an eastern empire centered in Constantinople and a western empire centered in Rome. The first four trumpets attacked the Western Empire through hostile invasions from the Goths, Huns, and Vandals. The fifth and sixth attacked the Eastern Empire through invasions from the Saracens, Muhammad, and the Turks. The Western Empire was divided into ten kingdoms in 455 A.D., which, for Gil, Will become prominent later in the beast's ten horns, Revelation 17, verse 12. Gill lays out this sequence of events in his comments on Revelation 8, verses 6 and 7, and also verse 12. Gill and the trumpet judgments. He says the first trumpet occurred around 395 AD and 408 AD. When the Goths, Germans, invaded Italy and took France and Spain from Emperor Theodosius' son, Honorius. The hail, fire, and blood mentioned in Revelation 8, 7 is poetic language describing invasion. Gill references Isaiah 28, verse 2 as using such language to describe Assyria's invasion of Israel in the Old Testament. Behold, the Lord has one who is mighty and strong, like a storm of hail, a destroying tempest, like a storm of mighty overflowing waters, he casts down to the earth with his hand. The earth represents the Roman Empire, a third of the trees refers to people of high rank or nobility, the green grass refers to the world's kingdoms, etc., All this is spelled out in Gill's comments on Revelation 8, 7. The second trumpet occurred in 410 AD or 412 AD when Rome was sacked by Gothic king Alaricus. The great mountain refers to Rome, the third of the sea became blood, refers to Rome's jurisdictions, the fish represent common people, and the ships represent towns. See Gill's comments on Revelation 8 verses 8 and 9. The third trumpet occurred when the Vandals, also Germans, invaded North Africa. From there, they began to affect Sicily. The third of the rivers refer to Roman provinces and the wormwood refers to the bitter afflictions from war. See Gill's comments on Revelation 8:10. Finally, the fourth trumpet occurred when the Goths, Vandals, Heruli, which were Germans, and Huns, which were Eastern Europeans, spread throughout the Western Empire. Gill says they assisted, quote, the Antichrist to fix and settle his dominion over the kingdoms which rose up out of the empire at this time, end quote. See Gill's comments on Revelation 8.0 twelve. These would be the ten kingdoms which rose up out of the Western Empire. This was a dark period of decline in the gospel's light. At this point, Gill says there is a one hundred thirty five year gap until the fifth trumpet is blown. Reflections This is a good stopping point to reflect on Gill's angle concerning prophecy. A little history on the historicist view might help see Gill's prophetical worldview. As best I could trace it, the seeds of the historicist view were laid when Augustine wrote his famous treatise, City of God, in the early 400s A.D. He took a spiritualized view of Scripture, and others began to adopt a less literal, more allegorical interpretation of Scripture. Scripture. Centuries later, the historicist view was developed loosely by Italian theologian Joachim of Flores around 1135 A.D. to 1202 A.D. He saw history as categorized into three periods based on the Trinity. The age of the Father equals Old Testament times. The age of the Son equals New Testament times. And the age of the Holy Spirit equals a future Christian utopia. From this, theologians began to develop varying views of actual historical events and their relation to prophetical scriptures. By the time of the Reformation, most of the reformers were historicists on some level Luther, Calvin, Knox, Cramner, Tyndale, and others. They saw the Roman Catholic Church, which was persecuting them violently, as a great force of evil. Likely, it would be hard for them to imagine a force rising that could be more violent to the gospel cause or to gospel ministers, whom they were torturing and beheading. Once the Reformation had its glorious hour, the post-Reformation times set in. John Gill would have entered into ministry during these times. The atrocities of the Roman Catholic Church's persecutions and the glories of the Reformation they spawned were fresh on Gill's mind and heart. Naturally, he would adopt many of the views of these Protestant forerunners. He had access to their voluminous literature we can see how he would adopt their views almost incipiently as they were the prevailing view of the times. Indeed, recent history seemed to support the historicist view. Yet, sometimes, it's good to step outside of our own historical historical milieu and survey God's redemptive history. For instance... Gill was so jaded by the Roman Catholic Church's recent actions that he tended to see everything evil in Scripture as pointing to Rome pagan and papal. Yet, if we go back to another historical milieu, the Mosaic era, for instance, many of the same events were literal water to blood, hail thick darkness, etc. We wonder why he didn't take a literal approach until or unless the literal approach simply became unfeasible. And if similar things occurred in Egypt, then a more literal approach at least must be feasible. I am not arguing for a literal interpretation, but other reputable scholars like Grant Osborne have. It's no secret I admire Gill and his work. Yet I wonder if he was too captivated by his own times. Further, I wonder if he allowed those times to seep into the interpretive process. As I've said many times, I'll withhold judgment. Though I have reservations... I am still able to sit back and admire his magnificent contribution to the eschatological discussion.